This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Now Quals turned it over, straight in the path of Scott Sobey, pulls up from the foul line, nothing but net. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Yes, after a week off, we are back with the NBL show, ladies and gentlemen, and the NBL is starting to heat up. It's going into the Christmas and New Year period, a period which usually starts to separate and sort of sort out who our teams are who will compete in that top top six, so the finals or the playing pitcher. Apart from Melbourne United, it seems like no teams really want to grab a hold of their playoff position. The second spot on the ladder, no one wants to grab that. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers and Sydney Kings going back and forth. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers had a firm hold on that, but they had two losses this past round, which allowed the Sydney Kings to make their way back in a second spot after a big win over the Jack Jumpers in Tasmania. On top of that, it seems like no one wants to grab the sixth spot either. Brisbane and Cairns both had opportunities to move their way into top six and and even go further if they like. So even go to, to fifth or fourth with how inconsistent other teams have been. But the Queensland teams have been inconsistent themselves. The Cairns tie bands going win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And it seems like the Brisbane Bullets only operate in streaks as well. They started on a winning streak, then they go on a losing streak. Another winning streak to really push their playoff hopes further. And now they're on another losing streak, unfortunately, after the previous loss to Melbourne United and losing to Cairns on the weekend. But to start today's show, we have a very special guest in Illawarra Hawks interim coach and the father of NBA superstar with the Boston Celtics, I'm talking about Jason Tatum, in Justin Tatum. And what a job he's done with the Illawarra Hawks since taking over. In four games, they're 3-1, and one, and they could have won that game against the Brisbane Bullets as well. Gary Clark had a shot that was blocked by Tyrell Harrison at the rim at Nissan Arena to give them their only loss under Justin Tatum. And also, their buzzer-beating maestro in Tyler Harvey wasn't on the court for a previous defensive possession, so they could well be... 4-0 under Justin Tatum. They're well and truly back in the playoff picture after starting the season on the bottom of the ladder. Those three wins as well, they include wins over the Perth Wildcats where they shut down Bryce Cotton, who's been on an absolute tear, and then a thumping of Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on the weekend. Justin Tatum, welcome to the NBL show. Hey, thanks for having me, Brayden. I appreciate having you. Being on. First thing, mate. I've got to ask, after the start and then since you've taken over and the, the, the Hawks are 3-1, and one, could easily be 4-0 uh, and oh since you've taken over. What's changed? Uh, I don't, you know, I just think the, my different voice just has changed, man. The same, same players, uh, same drive, same admiration. You know what I mean? We just bring a little bit more different um, uh, different routines and things to practice. And, you know what I mean, I, I told the guys when I got uh, the job unexpectedly, that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start on, everybody gets a clean sheet of paper with me. So, like, you know, if you are if you felt that you wanted to play more, this is the time to prove it. Or, you know, if you want to keep your starting spot, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I'm just a different voice, but these guys have responded well. After seeing that start, obviously you're, you're an assistant coach. You mentioned that everyone had a clean sheet. But when you took over, what was your priority when you moved into that position? 
like I like I said earlier, like um, before, it's like more. We want. I need to get these guys more competing and practice more, have a competitive nature. I think some of the games that we lost, that we weren't in a, a competitive mode, or we weren't doing things for trying to find a way to win the game as players and, and, and as a staff. So I wanted to kind of bring a competitive nature to practice, which hopefully translated over to games. Which you know we got a couple wins, so it's, I guess it's working. And and in that stretch at the start of the season, the the defense wasn't rated very highly. But in the four games since you've taken over, the opposition team has scored 72, 82, 78, and 65. What's been the adjustments on that end of the floor? Um, guys, extra effort, man. You know, just extra effort. Guys are giving multiple efforts now. And, you know, they've been called out on it. Um, you know, if it's been film or things that we got to improve on. So they're taking initiative on their own to kind of like, you know, tighten that on up. And it's been a team collective effort. So it's just really that multiple efforts that guys been given, knowing that we got a, a sixth man out there, which is the shot clock. So we can endure, uh, you know, 20-something plus seconds uh, on a defensive end and, you know, have free freedom on the offensive end, offensive end while making the right play then. You know, we, that's how we want to play basketball. So it's pretty much been multiple efforts, and, and these guys have been loving it. Also, on, on top of that, Tyler Harvey looks like a, a new player, uh, as well as Sam Froling. Sam Froling was, was still having a good season before the change, but them two have really clicked, and in particular, Tyler Harvey looks like he's back to that sort of all-NBL sort of play. Uh, what's been the key to unlock both of them, and in particular, Tyler Harvey, in this stretch? Uh, in my personal opinion, I think it's really what really happened with the whole old team, but you really see really with uh, Tyler and Sam is just getting in game shape. Uh, those guys are starting to hit their game uh, shape stride and being able to perform on both ends. And so I can go longer stretches with them uh, on the offensive end, I mean, on the floor in the game. And so now them allowing them to get into a groove to where they can start being offensively confident in and, and helping us win games. So I just think they just got really starting to hit that stride where they got them in game shape, where they can play both ends of the floor. And that starts in practice. So we've been playing more competitive things, more games, uh, simulation and practice, and uh, it's starting to pay off. So, so those guys are really starting to hit their stride of who they, who we always knew they are and who they're becoming right now to help us get the win. Sam Froling, mate, a young captain of that, that squad, but you, you've seen obviously some of the best players in the world up close and in America and stuff like that. But, but Sam's been someone that's highly touted um, and been identified sort of as a future uh, Boomers player in that. What are your thoughts on on him and his prospects going forward and where he can get to uh, if he continues this form? Oh, man, I think he has a really good chance to play for Coach Gorge in the next uh, next year or so. Uh, I mean, the way he's playing right now and the way he's thinking the game and, and the way he's impacting it with us, uh, and I think after more success that we have, because of things that he's doing, will give him a really great chance to play and play for his country. So I well deserve as the way he's playing now, and I'll, I'll really get a strong look when the opportunity comes. But uh, I just think that he's going to be a as as we grow, as we do well, going off the back of him, that it helps his chance. AJ Johnson is uh, one of the next stars, uh, one of the players in the next stars program, and identified as a as a pretty high draft pick. I believe the latest one it has him in the twenties. Um, got more of an opportunity since you've stepped in. What, what have you seen out of him? Um, and again, his prospects going forward, he looks like uh, he's a bit of a new player and really shown what he can give those um, those NBA teams going forward. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's, it's, AJ knows it's going to be a growth time with him. He's playing the first time against consistent grown men in a really tough league. 
Um, and he's been adjusting and adapting very well. Um, you know, some things, some things take longer than other guys, but he's really been a, a sponge since he's been down here and more recently with me because, I, you know, we let him know that if he does X, Y, and Z, a couple things that we want him to work on, a couple things to do, that his time will increase with us. And so he's already a competitive kid, um, you know, and I know at the end of the day he has really good vets around him who wants him to succeed as well. So he's just been a sponge at this time. And, um, you know, that stop thing is, once again, as we keep playing well and he keeps helping us play well, then it keeps rising. So he just want to be prepared for whenever he has that chance to hear his name called in the draft. So we just want to be helpful with that. What, what do you think he can give an NBA team, mate? Like what, what, having seen it, obviously, with your son and a lot of other people, what, what can he provide an NBA team in the future, um, you know, when he keeps improving and that sort of stuff and ends up getting picked in the draft? Uh, you know, the ability to develop as, you know, a big point guard or slash two guard at this time wants his uh, shooting to be more consistent as he works on that. And But as he can be a very, you know, very fast type of bigger John Wallace type of point guard because he's very fast with that ball getting downhill and he's explosiveness. So uh, once he started to learn that position and learn other things that it takes to become a, a really solid, good point guard in the league, then, he's, you know, then that, whatever NBA team gets him is going to uh, have a high-impact player. What what are your thoughts on the next star program? We we've obviously had a lot of people um, go through the program and and go and get drafted, but this year there seems to be uh, everyone in that sort of class is is pretty high on the draft board. I think we've got four or five people, um, you know, on the draft board for for next uh, next draft. What are your thoughts on um, the next star program and and the NBL as a platform to go to the NBA? I think it's a great thing that they've been providing for these young kids to, uh, I mean, for I can speak for the Americans, to come over here to, to learn what it takes to become a professional and go against really good competitive uh, guys and, and, and pros over here. So to, just to get them ready, you know, for the name to be called in the NBA. And for the guys who are, you know, overseas, but still a next-door uh, player as well, like Tui, who's played and you know against grown men most of his life, and now he's going to be have an opportunity to hear his name being drafted, and he's going to be ready. You know, they're going to be NBA ready already going in, or at least, you know, if they land in a good spot to where they can contribute somehow, some way, and not be behind the eight ball. So I think it's a great platform uh, that the NBA has provided for these guys, and um, I'm glad to be a part of it and see some of the guys playing, you know, playing up lot in front of, right in front of them. So it's been a good experience for me. Um, you, you've said that you, you'd love to, to be a coach in the NBA going forward, in particular, obviously, with the, the Illawarra Hawks. Being at one of the foundation clubs in the NBL and um, a club with so much history and everything, but uh, as a person that's trying to, you know, go forward in their coaching career, what what would it mean to you to coach this club going forward? I mean, it, I mean, it means everything. They give me an opportunity, uh, you know, to put myself in a position to to have that. So, I mean, you know, you would always would love to give uh, an opportunity back to the program who started your career in, in, in professional coaching. So. I mean, it'll be it'll be nothing but a great opportunity. But you know, it, it, with me, is one I never expected when I came out here to you know be in this position. So I like had not too much time to think about like the future of it um, as far as that. But I know I wanted to come get like you know some some knowledge of how the professional world works, and and now I'm throwing right in the fire and happy to start helping get wins. So that was that's my main focus right now, just find a way to get this team wins and this, and this program back to where it used to be respectable back in the day. And so. Um, you know, but until then, it's just one day at a time. But LOR is going to be, you know, really uh, close to my heart because they, 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 they gave me the first chance. No discussions about that going forward? 
yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. We haven't. Uh, and I probably won't talk about it because I don't, I don't want to sidetrack what the opportunity that I have right in front of me, uh, you know, right now. Because like I told the guys, there's nothing, it's not about me renewing anything or nothing. None of, it's not really about me uh, because I know I do get a lot of attention because of like, who I am or what I've done and, and what we're doing right now. But I always give credit credit is due to my players and to my assistant coaches because it, it, without them, I would not be able to have be successful because I know nothing about the league besides, you know, what the little homework that I did before I came out here and, you know, I'm throwing right in the fire. So, no, it's no uh, discussions. I told my, my front office, man, we'll just, you know, we'll just let the season play out and we'll just go from there. I just want to, I just want to focus on, you know, game by game. Last question, Justin, uh, a big weekend for you guys. You got Tasmania and then the big Christmas game, uh, against the rivals in Sydney Kings, but your son also has a rival ga- rivalry game on Christmas Day against the Boston, the Boston Celtics going up against the LA Lakers, mate. Have you? Uh, yeah. wh- which one's bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I think ours is definitely bigger. I mean, they got about sixty more games after that, and and if they don't probably see the Lakers, unless both of them make it to the championship, so uh, I think ours are more important because we're trying to climb the ladder for sure. And uh, Sydney Kings is a, clearly a rivalry between these two, which we are on the bottom end of it. And so I want to kind of change that narrative uh, going forward. So I definitely believe I gave it one point. Justin Tatum, thanks for your time on the NBL show. Thanks, great. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be a part of it. We're back. This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Sobe with some footwork in the jam with the thumb. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Yes, welcome to the NBL show. Uh, what a great chat with Justin Tatum. Uh, he's done a sensational job with the Illawarra Hawks, um, and they they look like they're well and truly back in the playoff picture. But just some injury news before we head into a new segment for today. DJ Mitchell, the Brisbane Bullets forward, set to miss the rest of the season with a hip injury, and the Bullets are set to replace him with an import. So moving either Nathan Sobey or Aaron Baines off the marquee list, and bring in an import. They need a scorer. They've shown they can play defense. They need a scorer. So that's the news for the Brisbane Bullets. And Gorjock Gak from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to miss this weekend with a minor procedure. That's all the info that the South Southeast Melbourne Phoenix gave. Make a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming Yes, a new segment heading into Christmas. It's our naughty or nice list for the NBL show. A special mention to Karina Lee's club, sponsor of our NBL coverage this season. But first, we start with Melbourne United. There's no doubt they're the championship favourites. They're 13 and 3, been absolutely dominant. They're the, like, I don't see a team beating them this year in a, in a championship five game series. So Melbourne United on the nice list. Nice. The Sydney Kings, they've snuck back into second place on the ladder despite their inconsistencies, especially on the defensive end. And they they got a massive win in Tasmania on the weekend to sneak back into second place. So I'm going to put Sydney just on the nice list. Nice. The Perth Wildcats, what a resurgence it has been. And thank Coach John Rilly and star import Bryce Cotton for that. He's the leading scorer in the league. The Perth Wildcats have won seven of their last eight and really given them a shot at that top two. So Perth Wildcats third on the ladder. They're on the nice list. Nice. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers, man, they made a late run for the naughty list, Matty. They made a late run. 
They were in that second spot and then had two disappointing performances on the weekend, a one-point loss to the Perth Wildcats and then at home to the Sydney Kings. But for their season in general, I think the Jack Jumpers are the only team who can beat Melbourne in a series. So I'm going to go Tasmania on the nice list. Nice. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, probably the most frustrating team to be a fan of. They gave their fans some hope. They looked like they were moving their way up the ladder, potentially a top two team, and then they just ripped that hope away and they had two thumpings on the weekend at the hands of Melbourne United and the Illawarra Hawks. So the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, for their inconsistency and pulling the hope away from their fans, they're going on the naughty list. He's a very naughty boy. Brisbane and Cairns. Just on the edge of the playoffs, one in sixth, one in seventh, they're both going to go on the naughty list due to their inconsistent performances so far. He's a very naughty boy. And that's especially the defense of the Bullets lately. If they can regain that, they'll work their way up the ladder, but their defense has been nothing but naughty. He's a very naughty boy. (laughs) The Illawarra Hawks, surprising because of where they are on the ladder, but just because of their recent streak under coach Justin Tatum, they're going to go on the nice list. Nice. The New Zealand Breakers, uh, big win over Cairns Taipans last week. But because of their disappointing start to the season, some of their recruiting decisions, they're going to be on the naughty list. He's a very naughty boy. And Adelaide, they've been a bit of, sh- a, bit of a schmozzle this year. They're anchored at the bottom of the ladder, had so many changes, sacked a coach. They're on the naughty list. He's a very naughty boy. So that's it for our naughty and nice list. We don't have a show next week, but we'll see you after the new year and a big round of games coming up. So have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll see you all after the break.